You are Locked On Raiders, your daily Oakland Raiders podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea. With a rollicking song, he sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. His face is weather beaten. He wears a hooded sash with a silver hat about his head and a bristling black mustache. He growls as he storms the country, a villain big and bold. Trees all shake and quiver and quake as he robs them of their gold. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Again, Friday, September 6th. 2019 about to head into the weekend obviously the season got kicked off on Thursday night football the Packers and the Bears it's official we are back we made it through the offseason very excited the Raiders don't play till Monday night but it's all good the football season is back in full effect and I'm very very excited about that matter of fact the opening week of the NFL is brought to you by Mack Weldon Mack Weldon a premium men's essential brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics Mack Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. I guarantee it. Promo code locked on gets you 20% at MacWeldon.com. So, uh, yeah, we're here. Friday's edition, the weekend's edition, about to go into the weekend. And, uh, you know, you can do whatever you want this weekend. And we all know the Raiders kick off their 2019 season Monday night versus the Denver Broncos, last game of week one. So, I got to tell you what's coming up on today's episode. Segment number three, I got so many calls on the Lockdown Raider podcast voicemail line. Literally, on Thursday, I think I got like 30 or 35 calls. A lot of it has to do with Antonio Brown and all the shenanigans that are going on around him. And I'll talk about that in a moment. But still, had a bunch of good calls off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. So I got a handful of them, and I got a really, really good one from Most Known Unknown. I mean, he has one call that probably could be as long as one segment. But, I mean, it's a really good call. He's very passionate about it, and it would be almost criminal if I didn't bring it to the table. So you're going to hear a bunch of good calls coming up in segment number three. Segment number two, something I told you about on Thursday's episode, Beth Mowens. She does the preseason games play-by-play for the Raiders. She's got their uh, Rich Gannon and uh, Matt Millen beside her. She does a really good job. I've talked to her every single year right before the season gets started. I talked to her on Thursday night, so you'll hear her interview with me on segment number two. Really, really good stuff. Here in segment number one, Raider Nation, it's not even a question. What in the world is Q going to talk about? News and notes? Well, the only news and note that even matters going into the regular season for the Raiders is Antonio Brown and what is going on with him, his, his possible suspension now. Yeah, we all know that he had the, the fines. Mike Mayock, he sent the letter. We talked about it on Thursday. I said, hey, you know what? It's a paper trail. They're doing what they got to do for the team. But look, at this point... All of a sudden, we're talking about a suspension. He gets into a big old tiff with Mike Mayock, the general manager, says he's going to punch him in the face, uh, boots the ball. He punts the ball and says, find me for that. And he's just, he's being Antonio Brown. And again, man, Tigers don't change their stripes. So let's just get into the conversation about Antonio Brown and why this relationship with the Raiders probably is not going to make it. It probably isn't. I mean, let's just be honest with ourselves. I know there's a lot of Raider fans out there that are trying to, you know, trying to justify what's going on with AB and say that it's Mike Mayock's fault and, oh, he's trying to have a power struggle moment and all this other good stuff. Look, this is the deal, man. Antonio Brown is who he is. Mike Mayock is trying to keep the integrity of the, Ra- of the Raiders. He really is. He's trying to make sure that the team does not see a bunch of favoritism going to one player when they're a very young team. If a young team sees that, a young team's going to say, well, we could do that too. If Josh Jacobs sees that, and I'm, I'm just saying him as, as a person, if Josh Jacobs sees that Antonio Brown could do whatever he wants to do because he's really good, what if Josh Jacobs is really good and says, you know what, I can do whatever I want to do too. That's what Mike Mayock is trying to make sure does not happen. He's basically saying, look, what is good for you is good for him. What's good for a seventh-round pick is good for a first-round pick. What's good for a future Hall of Famer is good for a guy who's on the fringe. I mean, and that's the way you have to do things. And so – All this stuff that's going on with Antonio Brown, one for me, is a big headache. It really, really is, man. I was sitting there preparing for my radio show on Thursday on ESPN Central Texas, and all of a sudden the news came down that the Raiders are looking at possibly suspending him because of whatever he did on Wednesday against Mike Mayock. 
getting in his face, talking trash to him, telling him he's going to punch him in the face and then punting the ball and saying, find me for that. Look, you have an issue. Antonio Brown was a guy that I did not want when we knew, we all knew as fans that he was available. When Pittsburgh, we all knew he was going to move on from Pittsburgh and that the Steelers were ready to trade him. I said, I don't want him. He's got too many issues. He's going to be a disruption in the, in the, in the locker room. And, you know, you just don't need that for a young team. And then the Raiders went out and made the great move of, of trading for him for a third and a fifth round pick. Gave him $30 million guaranteed. I said, you know what? That's pretty good. That's not bad. So all of a sudden, I got on board with it. Again, you should never go against your first feeling. Usually, your first thought is the correct thought. You study long, you study wrong. That's something I learned in Domino's. You study long, you study wrong. This looks like that my first initial thought was probably right. You probably should stay away from Antonio Brown. But look, he's a member of the Silver and Black right now. And, and I say right now because I don't know how long it's going to last. At this point, honestly, Raider Nation, I don't care if they cut him. Conduct detrimental to the team, suspend him a couple times, multiple games, whatever, and then release him and get that $30 million guaranteed back. I, I, I honestly wouldn't care. And this is the reason why. The Raiders have never played with him. It's not like a team that's losing a guy. It's not like the Raiders playing with Khalil Mack and you know who he is and you know what he's done for your team and all of a sudden you're losing him. It's not like that. Antonio Brown has never, ever, ever suited up for the Silver and Black. He's never even gotten into a preseason game. He's never played one down for the Raiders on any level. So if they don't have him, guess what? Fine. Never had him to begin with. I'm just, at, at this point, honestly, I know he's a dynamic player, and I've been trying to support him on the podcast. I've been saying, hey, he is who he is, but when he does 100 catches, gets 1,200 yards and 10 touchdowns or 10-plus touchdowns, it'll be all worth the trouble. At this point, Raider Nation, to me, it don't even feel like it's worth the trouble. I almost rather, and, and this is almost rather, them just go ahead and find a way to get from under his contract, release him, and go and get Keelan Doss off the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, uh, practice squad. Even though I don't think Keelan Doss is the end-all be-all, but I'd rather the team just go ahead and build a bunch of young cats and go from there than have a guy who is a, a certified player, a real deal dude, and is a diva and, and a douchebag. And honestly, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't like to just throw, throw names at people, but Antonio Brown's acting like an absolute douchebag. Straight up. And it's, it's getting on my nerves. I mean, really, I'm, I'm so over it. I am so over it. You know, my mom told me, she texted me, and she said, I just don't think he's hungry anymore. He's not that hungry dude anymore. You heard Rich Eisen the other day on the Rich Eisen show where he's like, find that guy. Find that guy that was hungry coming out of college because he was overlooked, under-recruited, you know, drafted in the sixth round. Find that guy. Where's he at? Put a helmet on him and go out there and play. That guy's not showing up anytime soon, Raider Nation. I know what he said when he joined the team, talking about he's going to hold guys accountable. You know, he's, he wants to break Jerry Rice's records. He wants to, there's a lot of things he wants to do. He's showing what he wants to do. A whole lot of nothing. I'm so over it. I mean, honestly, I am so over it. I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer. We're right here on the eve of the 2019 season. We know what happened on the eve of the 2018 season. I'm not trying to be that guy, but I'm so over Antonio Brown. I'm so over him. Like, I was angry. So angry when Khalil Mack was traded. And you heard it. I, I, I doubled down on it. I played the episode again on, on the first, which was Sunday. I'm so over Antonio Brown. I'm not even angry. I'm just like, man, let's move on. T just let the team move on. My biggest issue here moving forward, honestly, with Antonio Brown, this is my biggest issue. And Raider Nation, this is what you should be concerned about the most. Not if the team finds a way to salvage this relationship, which apparently Drew Rosenhaus, which is Antonio Brown's agent, he was on uh, Thursday Night Football, and he, he uh, absolutely said, I think we could salvage the relationship. Drew Rosenhaus, uh, wow, where do we start with the situation? Uh, you're here for this you know, game to kick off the season, and you're dealing with Antonio Brown's uh, situation. I guess just describe what's going on right now with Oakland. Not, not a lot is clear yet, other than that the Raiders said that A.B. should stay home today. They're trying to work through the relationship with him. We haven't heard anything about a potential decision yet. I've been in touch with John Gruden, Mike Mayock from the Raiders, of course, Antonio, and we're trying to work through this. The goal is really to work everything out. Where is Antonio? He's still in Oakland. Okay. And, you know, speaking from my behalf, my objective is to get things worked out between Antonio and the Raiders so he can fulfill his contract and do what they brought him in to do. I don't think it's too late to salvage that relationship. Really? That's what we're working Can you for. describe what happened specifically so we hear it from the horse's mouth during practice with Mike Mayock yesterday? Well, I wasn't there. Okay. 
and I'd rather let the internal stuff stay internal. Uh, I know there's been a lot of speculation. There's always two sides to every story. People have a tendency to uh, blow things out of proportion. My job is to bring everything back, try and get things worked out. That's what I'm working on right now. And I, I am in touch with the Raiders. Nothing is final. We're still attempting to bring everybody back into the fold. That's what he said. I'm not worried about salvaging any relationship. I'm more concerned about are John Gruden and Mike Mayock going to stay on the same page. That's my biggest concern. I've been talking about this good cop, bad cop, and that's what I've perceived. That's what I've seen from these two guys. But now it looks like Mike Mayock has taken full control and saying, look, this is what we're going to do. And I know, and you heard John Gruden, well, you might not have heard him, but in his press conference on Thursday, he said, I really love Antonio Brown. You know, this is... uh I'm emotional about it. I hope you hope you understand why. I think a lot of this guy. I think Antonio is a great receiver, and I think deep down, I think he's a really good guy. So I'm I'm frustrated. I'm not going to say any more about it. Hope it all works out. Uh, but I don't have anything official to say about anything else until I get all the facts, and um, that's what I'm going to do. I could tell John Gruden really, really wants Antonio Brown to play for the Silver and Black. I don't think, and I don't know if he's ever going to suit up for him. I really, really have no idea. At this point, I think he's not going to. And I don't want this, I don't want him, Antonio Brown, to cause a problem between Mike Mayock and John Gruden. We all know John Gruden's pushing the buttons, right? So if it boils down to Antonio Brown or Mike Mayock, I don't want John Gruden to pick Antonio Brown and say, you know what, I think that he'll be so successful on the field, it won't matter. I think Mike Mayock is a hell of an addition to the Raiders' front office. I like him as a GM. I like what he did in the draft, even though we won't know how good these players are until, you know, two, three years down the road. But on paper, it looks like he did a really good job in the draft. I don't want the Raiders to lose Mike Mayock. This team is bigger than one player. This team is bigger than Antonio Brown. If they don't have him this year and they're just not that good, you know, I gave them like six wins to like eight and eight. If they go five and 11 and they don't have Antonio Brown, and they have to pick really high, and they have a lot of cap space, I'll probably be okay with that as long as they keep their integrity and they keep Mike Mayock because I think he's a really good draft guy. I think he's really, really good at analyzing the players that are coming out of college. I really do believe that. Now, we'll see a lot this year, but I don't want to lose Mike Mayock at all. I don't want any way, anyhow to lose Mike Mayock. So if John Gruden has to pick between Antonio Brown and Mike Mayock, I hope he makes the one right decision and picks Mike Mayock, because that's the guy he needs to have on his side. And look, he hired Mike Mayock, so he knows what he brings to the table. So I'll give him that. But I know how much he loves Antonio Brown, and I do not want him to have his love for Antonio Brown overrule his smarts and his intelligence that he has for Mike Mayock. So hopefully that's how it shakes out. But that's my biggest concern moving forward. If the Raiders move on from him and he never suits up for the silver and black, I'm okay with that because the Raiders have never had him anyway. If... He does suit up for him and he goes out and plays. Just know, Raider Nation, this won't be the last thing. There will always be an issue between him and Mayock, and he's always going to stir up some stuff, and it's going to be every single you know, couple of weeks you're going to hear something else. And so it's something that you're going to have to deal with. But he's on borrowed time. At the most, Antonio Brown's going to be around the silver and black for a year, maybe two at the most, if he goes out there and plays. Again, I'm not convinced that he even suits up Monday night or even – ever suits up for the silver and black. And again, I'd rather keep Mike Mayock, the general manager, than keep Antonio Brown, the player. That's my feelings. I've had his back for the longest ever since the Raiders have acquired him, but I'm just done with it. I'm so tired of it. It's like that girlfriend or that wife or that whatever that you've had that you're just tired of her. You're tired of her. You're tired of her shenanigans. You're like, man, I just need to move on. This is getting old. I, I could be I could be happy by myself. I've been there. I've been there, Raider Nation. I'm not saying right now, but I've been there before where I'm like, man, I could be happy by myself. I could be happy single. You know what I mean? That, that's just that's how it is, man. That's that's how it was with my, my younger son's mom. Like she was great and all until she wasn't. Then I was like, you know what? I could be happy by myself. And I was until I wasn't anymore. <laughs> you know, and now everything is all good. But at the same point, point, it's like I don't need I don't need this. This drama, I don't need. I can move on from this, and I did. At, the, at some point, the Raiders just need to look at Antonio Brown and say, 
you're that baby mama that I just got to move on from because I could be happy all by myself. So that's all I really got to say. I know I got a lot of calls on the Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line about Antonio Brown, everything that's going on. I got a ton of tweets, got a ton of emails, people text messaging me. I mean, I got everything. I got the business when it came to AB. But honestly, if the Raiders decide to move on from him, suspend him, move on from him, recoup that $30 million guaranteed, I'm okay with it. Straight up okay. I know there's people out there that are not. I know the Raider fans that just want to see him out there perform. I don't even care at this point. I really do not care. I know that's not going to sit well with some people, but it sits fine with me. I can sleep at night just knowing that this dude is no longer a distraction. Something that I talked about the other day. The Raiders are making sure he wasn't a distraction. I think Mike Mayock's trying to make sure he continues to not be a distraction, but it's getting there. It is getting to that point where he can become a distraction if they let this linger. So go on and cut bait. Go on and cut bait. Like, and like Mike May, I said the other day, if you are all in, you're all in. If you're not, you're not. One way or the other. You're all in or you're all out. Make a decision. He's trying to make sure this, this does not become a distraction, and I'm all for that. Do not allow it to become a distraction. So... Hand clap for you, Mike Mayock. I think you did the right thing. I appreciate the intensity. I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate what you're about. And I think that you're building this team the right way. Hopefully, John Gruden sees it the same way. Coming up in segment number two, my conversation one-on-one, Beth Mowen. She does all the preseason games for the Raiders. She's on in the booth with uh, Matt Millen and Rich Gannon. I talk to her coming up next right here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. Before I get into that, though, let me tell you about DraftKings. And you know it is time to celebrate because Thursday night football was finally back. DraftKings is the leader in one-day fantasy football. Huge week one contest. The first one started last night with Chicago and Green Bay. They kicked off the season. Single-game showdown, $2.5 million in total prizes up for grabs. You single-handedly could draft your single-game showdown, line up, and feel the sweat like never before. You know it's simple, right? All you got to do is just draft six players from the season opener, stand under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. New users, if you sign up today with DraftKings using the promo code Locked On, you can receive a free shot at the $1 million top prize. That's right. Get in the season opener action right now. Download the DraftKings app. Use the promo code Locked On For a limited time, both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. And new users, don't miss this extra special week one bonus. Enter promo code Locked On. Get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. Again, promo code Locked On only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit is required. Deposit bonus requires a 25-time playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. You are Locked On Raiders. Your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Joining me now on the phone lines to talk some Raiders football is ESPN's Beth Moen. She does play-by-play for the Raiders preseason games, college football broadcasts, softball. She's the queen, dibbles and dabbles in just about anything she wants to do. And you can find her on Twitter, at Beth Moens. I was excited and pumped up to talk to you about this year's Raiders team. The energy around the squad looks like it's been really, really nice and, and that they were in a better place than they were a year ago. And then this A-B stuff hit the fans. So uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to dwell on it very long because the Raiders have not had this kind of a guy anyway on their team for a long time. But what are your initial thoughts when you're hearing everything that's rolling out about Antonio Brown right now? Well, you know, I, I, think, um, I think John Gruden said something – that really stuck with me, uh, you know, today when he was making his comments. Uh, they've really been dealing with this throughout the, the uh, preseason anyways. And, you know, the time that I spent around the team for a week or so, you know, at, at the start of camp, um, you know, it, it was still a bunch of guys that were going about their business and doing their job of, of getting ready for the season. And, They've had a lot of receivers get um, opportunities because A.B. wasn't around practice. So, um, you know, I I think Tyrell Williams was, you know, by both Gruden and um, Mayock's account, the first guy really that they had their eyes on that they really wanted before A.B. became available. So I'm excited to see him. I'm really excited to see Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. Um, I, I think there's some speed and, and some more depth to that receiver um, room that they'll be able to pick up the slack and, and 
as, as we all kind of wait and see what's going to happen with Antonio. I've been describing this as kind of a good cop, bad cop situation, but now it seems like it's it's a little bit deeper than that. Were you getting that same sense as well, or, or what were your initial thoughts between the, the you know, John Gruden saying what he had to say and then Mike Mayock uh, playing the role that he had to play? You know, I, I think they were playing the roles that you would expect, um, you know, for them to play, um, you know, as the general manager, and there's a business side to that, and and while while John is obviously still involved with, um, you know, the decisions that are being made, I think his focus, you know, once they started camp was, to, hey, w- what's going on on the field every day, and how do we make sure we get our best guys out there? And and so he was trying his best to, you know, make sure um, to to keep the lines of communication open with Antonio, and and so. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm hopeful, I think, like, you know, most of Raider Nation, that um, there's going to be something that will um, allow everybody to get back together. It's, it's disappointing uh, that it, it doesn't look like that's going to be the case to open up the season. But, um, you know, I, I think there is still plenty to be excited about with this group and a guy like Josh Jacobs and, um, you know, that offensive line so much is going to, um, revolve around their ability to protect Derek Carr. We're, we're going to find out a lot with uh, with Bradley Chubb and Von Miller <laughs> coming right. off the edge on Monday night just how good that group can be. Yeah, you know what? L- let me ask you about the offensive line. I mean, they bring in Trent Brown. They give him a lot of money. Obviously, Richie Incognito is going to be there, but he won't be there till uh, week three because he's he's suspended. Gabe Jackson got injured. I mean, what, what do you think of, of not only the offensive line and how it is right now, but Tom Cable as a offensive line coach? Do you think he's like heading them in the right direction? I, I really liked um, you know what we saw from those guys that uh, are going to be the potential starters the first couple of weeks and, and certainly you know, as quickly uh, as Gabe can get back in there, uh, you'll see Cognito or Incognito, I'm guessing, after the first couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, they, they kind of discovered um, some, some new guys in, in Jordan Devy and in Andre James. And, and uh, you know, I think there is an opportunity for some of those younger guys to really um, sort of have a breakout start to the season. And and hopefully make that entire group better under Tom Cable as the year progresses. Yeah, no doubt about that. They definitely have to take care of uh, Derek Carr and, and obviously uh, get that run game going as well. Mike Mayock has talked uh, a lot about foundational players as far as building this team, not just you know for success for one year, but multiple years. Are you seeing the young guys? Are you seeing the rookies look like they can be that foundation and that the Raiders can build around them moving forward? You know, by all accounts, uh, that is something that I think they have been able to put in place. Um, you know, we didn't get a chance to see a whole lot of those guys in the preseason. The preseason as a whole, as, as you know, is, has really changed a lot. And, and um, so I'm, I'm anxious to see how those guys are going to perform, you know, once it really matters here as the season gets underway. The off-the-field stuff, the, the practice stuff, the um, – the, the leadership qualities, the desire, you know, they come from championship pedigrees. All that is definitely already in place. And they're guys that want to have an impact and they're guys that want to return the, the Raider mystique and, and make this a, a playoff contending team again. Talking right now with Beth Mowens. You can find her on all the preseason games, on the broadcast for the Raiders. Also does softball, does a lot of college football games, does a little bit of everything on Twitter at Beth Mowens. And whether A.B. is there or not, the roster and talent around Derek Carr, it's a lot better than it was last year, in my opinion. What do you expect? What have you been able to see from Derek Carr? What are your expectations for him this season? I, I really think there's an opportunity for him to, to look a lot like he did a couple of years ago when he was you know, in, in the uh, MVP discussion uh, before he got hurt. So, uh, you know, he's talked about being so much more uh, comfortable with what John Gruden expects, why, you know, which was a big thing, why is the coach calling things a certain way, what's he looking for, what's, what's he feel, you know, when he's calling a play, all that stuff I think is so important, to, uh, you know, to, to what John Gruden likes to do and, and sitting beside Rich Gannon throughout the preseason. He sees that now in, in Derek. He sees a lot of things similar to what he went through um, you know, when John helped make him into an MVP candidate and, and helped get the Raiders to the Super Bowl. So uh, I, I'm really encouraged by what we've seen so far. And, 
And, uh, you know, again, everything really comes down to, you know, when bodies start flying around you and there's chaos uh, right in your face, uh, you know, how do you react to all that? And I'm, I'm excited um, to, to see how Derek performs. Let me ask you about the broadcast. How are how do you and Rich Gannon and Matt Millen, how do you guys gel so well? I mean, you guys sound like you guys have just been doing it forever, and, you know, you play off each other so, so well. And I'm telling you, so many people in Raider Nation are like, man, I love that broadcast last night. It was great. But what, what goes into having that awesome kind of broadcast like you guys do? You know, I, I think first and foremost, it's, it's understanding, uh, you know, what our roles are, it's talking beforehand, you know, we, we'll actually, you know, have a conversation about what conversations we'd like to have on the air, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, let's really make sure we talk about um, whether it's a position group or whether it's a storyline, um, you know, surrounding the team this year, whether it's uh, something that one of the coaches provides or a conversation that you've had, you know, whether it's at practice that day or on the bus or or down on the field, uh, you know, before the, the game gets going. And I think communication is a big uh, thing with us. I, I think the ability to um, enjoy telling stories and, and have a lot of laughs is, is really um, one of the keys to our chemistry on the air. And we certainly hope it shows. No, it, it really does. It, it's excellent. I mean, I'm telling you, everyone hits me up all the time and is like, hey, tell Beth that they did a great job. And, you know, I, I brag that me and you are friends, even though, yeah, I know, we've only hung out like a, a time. <laughs> but it's okay. You're still my friend. So <laughs> that's that's just how I roll. But uh, what do you expect for the for the the season? It's the last year in Oakland. They only have seven home games. How do you expect them to kind of play that up and, and cater to the Oakland fans? Well, I think it starts out really well. You've got two home division matchups and, you know, an opportunity, I think, for them to really make a statement that, hey, we're, we're, we're different. We're, we're bigger. We're faster. We're stronger. This is going to be competitive throughout the season. Um, you know, it's unfortunate the way the schedule is set up. It's the toughest in the league. That, mm-hmm. that certainly doesn't help. Um, but, uh, I, I think that you know that seven week road trip there is is just going to be pivotal and and if they can come back from that um, and, and then you've got like I think three home games lined up in a row that'll be huge and, and to be able to incorporate the fan base you know Raider Nation is is I, I think that's going to be big to have something to look forward to as the season progresses. Did you have any takeaways from Hard Knocks? Was there anything that stood out to you on Hard Knocks? Did you check it out? Did you enjoy it? What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I enjoyed it when, and you know, when uh, obviously when you're around the team, you're kind of watching along because everybody everybody likes to talk about it, and everybody is uh, you know kind of keeping an eye on it in terms of you know personnel around the team. I, I don't know really how much the coaches and and players um are are paying attention to that but um you know i i think the the thing that always intrigues me when you get a look behind the scenes is the sort of the camaraderie and the if you will the regular conversations that they are having behind the scenes i I loved listening to all all that kind of goofy stuff and hey these are real guys with you know some real life uh, problems and and issues that we all go through and and uh you know, they, they get to do something that we all wish we could be a part of, and, and that's to, you know, to excel at the highest level. One of the biggest issues for the Raiders in 2018 was getting pressure on the quarterback. The defense just was not very good. Uh, they brought in a lot of rookies. They got Clee Farrell. They got uh, Jonathan Abram, Trayvon Mullen. I mean, they got a lot of guys on the defensive side of the ball that are supposed to make impacts for this team. What did, were you able to see? What were you able to gather from maybe talking to some guys? What do you think about the young defense? Uh, do you think they can step their game up in 2019? I, I'm really excited about you know a guy you know a couple of the the two the second year guys I, I think Mo Hurst um, you know can take a big leap forward alongside uh, Hankins who okay. um, probably was the best D lineman to start out the year last year and then they've got to get some edge pressure that you know there's no doubt about that I I think we'll probably see a lot of blitzing uh, early in the season to see what they can establish and to see if Furl or um, Josh Morrow or um, uh, you know, when Max Crosby comes back healthy, it looks like Arden Key is going to get to start again on on the opposite side of Clee. So, um, I, I'm I'm really excited to see what kind of pressure those guys can bring because they absolutely have to have it. It looks like they're going to have the run stoppers in the middle, 
how can they get some of that edge pressure? Talking right now with ESPN's Beth Mowens. You can find her on Twitter at Beth Mowens. And I just got a couple more questions for you. What are your expectations for this Raider team? After being around them for the preseason, you saw the guys who made the 53-man roster, saw the guys that were released. But what kind of feel do you get for this team going into the 2019 season? You know, I'm I'm really hoping they're uh, you know they're a 500 or close to it uh, team heading into December. You've got three divisional games um, at at the end of the season. Unfortunately, they're all on the road, but you've still got an opportunity to make some noise in the division. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of the Raider fans that I talk to are you, you've you've got to have that improvement. You've got to have you know maybe double the wins is something that everybody's looking forward to in year two to to sort of take that next step and to find those guys uh, that that are going to be critical to their success when they do make the move to Vegas. And I know you do uh, a ton of other things. It's not just Raiders preseason games that you call. You do a lot of college football. You obviously are the queen of softball. You hold it down in a major way. But I know Brent Musburger's contract is is over after this season. The Raiders are going to Vegas in 2020. Is there any chance that Beth Mowens could be the voice of the Raiders in Vegas in 2020? (laughs) Oh, I don't know about that now, Q. I, I, uh, you know, I, I love doing what I'm doing, and I love being a part of uh, Raider Nation. It's really been a dream come true for me, and um, you know, I, I'm not uh, I'm not worried about that kind of stuff. We'll, we'll see what happens, uh, but uh, you know, that's uh, something that, as you know, I can't touch that with a ten foot pole. <laughs> no, I I, under, I understand completely. I, I've had multiple people hit me up and were like, "You have to ask her," and I said, "I'm good with it. I'll ask her. I have." <laughs> No problem with it. And on top of that, I'll even I'll even shoot my own shot. If you do happen to be that and you need a sideline guy, you know somebody. You know a guy. <laughs> I got a guy in Waco. Exactly. I'm just throwing it out there. But before I let you go, I wanted to give you congratulations. I saw that you recently got married. Yes, yes. I met a really good guy. Uh and uh we uh, we got married and uh, it's uh, it's going great. Loving the married life and uh uh, really enjoying our time together. It's it's uh, a lot of fun to be able to share these good times with somebody along the way. That's awesome. I mean, it, it really, really is. And I, when I saw that, I was like, I got to make sure I mention that because that's really, really cool. And I always appreciate your time when you give it to me. And, and I know you're very, very busy. Got a lot going on. But uh, thank you so much for your time. Enjoy the college football season. Enjoy softball when it comes up. Hopefully I'll run into you again. And, and uh, yeah, like I said, just just enjoy all the, everything you're doing because you're doing a hell of a job. Thanks, Q. Enjoy Monday night. Oh, yeah, I will. That's Beth Mowens right there from ESPN. You can find her all over the place, but on Twitter, at Beth Mowens. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you. Thanks, Q. So that was my conversation right there with Beth Mowens. Many thanks to her. I definitely appreciate her time. You can find her on Twitter, at Beth Mowens. It's real simple. And, yeah, she's now married. You heard her right there talking about she's now married. That's really, really cool. So coming up in segment number three, your call straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Before I get into that, though, I got to tell you about my bookie. And I wouldn't be telling you about my bookie if I didn't think that they were the best, and I do. I absolutely believe 100% that they are the best. They are the smart decision. If you're going to bet this football season, you need to bet with my bookie. Did you know you could bet on games after the kickoff? Yeah, if by the second half you're looking at the bet and you think it's going to lose, you can always just take the other side. So if you're betting on Monday night and you think, you know what, the Raiders are going to win this game, then all of a sudden in the second half it's like, oh boy, they're not going to win. You could change your bet, and that's a win-win situation, right? If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, Try a parlay. If all your picks come through, you'll multiply your winnings. And no matter how you bet, the NFL season is the best time of year. You can join now, right now. My bookie, they'll double your first deposit. Use the promo code what? Locked on. That's how you activate the offer. Again, promo code locked on. Go to mybookie.ag today. That's mybookie.ag today. Use the promo code locked on to double your first deposit. You play, you win, you get paid only from my bookie. Segment number three is up next. What's up, Raider Nation? It's your boy Q. I want to take a minute here to introduce you to another Raiders podcast that you're going to love. Yeah, that's right. Another Raiders podcast, and I guarantee you're going to love it. It's called Vegas Nation, and you can find it wherever you're listening to this show right now. On each and every episode of Vegas Nation, reporters and staff from the Las Vegas Review-Journal will break down the latest in all things silver and black, and on top of that, they have a ton of fun doing it. 
These people know exactly what they're talking about, not just because they eat, sleep, and breathe Raiders football, but because they're out there talking to the players, coaches, and other members of the organization. They're physically on the ground in Oakland, in Vegas, and anywhere else the Raiders news is going down to bring you the latest and the greatest. I'm here for you with the Dose of Raiders content every single day right here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast, but if you want even more Raiders in your life, and I know you do, go subscribe to the Vegas Nation podcast right now. All you got to do is search Vegas Nation wherever you're listening to this, Hit subscribe, and it'll be there waiting for you when you finish today's episode. Now, enjoy the show. You are Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Oakland Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here we are, Raider Nation, segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast on this Friday, September 6, 2019, kicking off the weekend, or about to get into the weekend. Got some calls straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, some really good stuff. Matter of fact, most known, unknown, he's going to finish us off today, and he's got a really, really good call. It's lengthy, but it's a really, really good call. So before we get into that, let's go ahead and hit Raider Al in Georgia. He's calling in to talk about Monday night's game and the fact that the Broncos have Von Miller and Bradley Chubb and speaks on A.B., before all the noise about Avery broke out and him possibly missing week one. Here he is, Raider Al in Georgia. Q, what's going on, my brother Raider Al from Georgia? What's up, Raider Nation? Q, I'm actually calling in before your surprise guest today. I say DC4, so I may have to call back. But I'm calling in for Monday night game. One thing I am definitely going to focus on, are bookend tackles against Trent Brown, I mean against Ron Miller, Bradley Chubb, and the Wolf Kid. Because you couldn't ask for a better test for that offensive line. In 2017, Von Miller is quoted as saying, Trent Brown is the best right tackle in football. That's coming from Von Miller. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that matchup. Also, Josh Jacobs. I want to also feature him in the passing game, the swing passes out of the backfield. Of course, run him too, but I want to see him catch a a few swing passes out of the backfield. Okay. A.B., Antonio Brown. Let's play some ball, brother. It's time. Now, here's the deal with A.B. I believe defenses are defenses are going to roll the coverage towards A.B. That should open up a lot of lanes for Waller, Renfro, and Williams. So I expect all three of those guys to have a pretty good, you know, a pretty big game. Also, Raider Nation, help me out with this one. What will be A.B.'s first touchdown dance? Because I know he's jumping in the black hole but he'll probably have a touchdown dance before, and I can't wait to see it. Raider Nation for life, out, out. Great call, my man, and I'll tell you right now, if A.B. don't ever play, he won't have to worry about a touchdown dance, right? He won't be doing anything, but that's a really good call again. That was before all the shenanigans and all the noise broke out about A.B. and and just all the issues he was going through. So thank you so much for that call, my man. Definitely appreciate that. And like I said, if you don't hear your call today, it's only because I got so many. I went from having like a zero in in, in the voicemail mailbox to like 30-something. And I could do multiple episodes, but I really just I, I just don't have it in me right now to do multiple episodes because it's all a lot about A B and I just I'm not gonna give him that much attention. So that that's just all I got to say about that. Canadian Raider, he's up next, calling in to talk about the Raiders roster due to suspensions and injury. He actually has a question for Raider Nation. Canadian Raider. Hey Q, how are you? It's uh Canadian Raider here. Sorry it's been a minute since I called. I have been faithfully listening, just letting other people speak. Uh, wife's actually been all like two for we were coming out of that. Anyway, I had a quick question for you and Raider Nation. I know there's a little bit like I know you want to talk Broncos and I want to go back to the roster a little bit, but I know there's been like uh, you know three or four people that we've had to keep on our roster bubble with incognito suspension, Gabe Jackson being hurt. There's another guy suspended out there too, and. Uh, there's a potential for maybe, and even the backup quarterback, maybe three roster spots opening up after some of these people return and get healthy, too, as well. Where would you like to see the Raiders go with that? Uh, personally, like, oh, like would they pull up from the practice squad or sign some free agents? 
once those spots open up. Like maybe they bring Rush up from practice squad. I don't know. Let me think, you know, or give me your opinion, you know, where you think they should go with that in a couple of weeks. Okay. All right. Have a great, uh, great day, Raiders, and let's go. Let's take it to those donkeys. Well, I'll say once Incognito returns, I expect one of those offensive line guys to be released. And, again, I expect the same thing once Gabe Jackson returns. And, you know, at this point, who really knows what's going to happen? But they can keep those guys as far as depth goes. But uh, once Gabe Jackson and Richie Incognito return, and I think Richie – well, I know Richie will be back after week two. Gabe, not too sure when he's going to return. But from all accounts, it sounds like he's doing really, really well in his uh, recovery from injury. So I I just don't think that it's going to be a whole lot of guys on that roster – that aren't going to be used. I think there's going to be some guys that are going to be moved on from as soon as those two guys return because they're going to have to make a space on the roster. But at the same time, who knows what's going to happen with Antonio Brown's spot? He might not even be on the on the roster for all we know. So, you know, that might be an open roster spot. So there's, there's a, some questions right now. The Raiders have, you know, some issues moving forward going into the first game against Denver Monday night, and that's unfortunate. You want them to just be like, have a clear mind going into that game, but that's not how it's going to be this year, unfortunate. Next call, Tony from the Raider Mob in Oakland, giving some advice to the folks that plan on tailgating at the game Monday night, and especially he wants to give some Raider game etiquette as he's sitting in traffic looking, looking at the Raiders parking lot. Here he is, Tony from the Raider Mob in Oakland. Hey Q, Tony from the Raider Mob, sitting in traffic between Hagenberger and 66. I think you know where that is. I'm kind of looking at the parking lot right now, just imagining myself uh, picking up a few tri-tips and getting ready for the game on Monday. Uh, calling because I just want to give a few pointers out to people that, you know, tailgating out here, you know, coming to the game that maybe haven't gone to a Raider game. Uh, my first one would be, uh, when you're tailgating, uh, make sure, uh, if you're going to use the porta potties, because that's all they have out there is porta potties, uh, let the women go in first, let them use the bathroom before the guys, guys can hold it a little bit longer. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass, but you gotta do it. Also, when you use the port potty, hit the urinal, don't hit the toilet seat, because that sucks. I mean, you know, who wants to sit on that, man? <laughs> who wants to sit on the port potty? Uh, number two would be just pick up your trash, because it kind of sucks, uh, running over glass and stuff like that. Uh, let's see, what's another thing? Uh, when you're in the game, my biggest Thing. My biggest pet peeve is uh, when people are shouting during uh, during our offenses on the field. It is the most annoying thing because they're just being distracting and they're just getting more people distracted. You could cheer, but just don't, you know, don't be loud. Be loud on defense. That's what we need the most. Uh, what's another thing? Uh, this is, I'm pretty sure I can come up with more, but I just, you know, calling on a fly is kind of kind of hard. <laughs> But, yeah, I'll see you guys on Monday, uh, whoever's going to be out there. Uh, hit me up on Group Me. I'm still trying to uh, get uh, logged in on Group Me and all that stuff. I can't find the group chat, but once I do, you guys hit me up, and I'll be out there uh, tailgating uh, probably, like, after 3 p.m. All right, Raider Nation, I'll see you on Monday. Go Raiders. Good call, my man. Definitely appreciate that. And yeah, I mean, you got to have a little bit of etiquette, but then at the same time, you got to know when you're at a tailgate, you're out there in that parking lot, man, anything goes. I mean, really anything goes, but seriously, uh, you know, do the best you can, Raider Nation, while you're out there at the game. Try to try to maintain. Don't get in any fights and all that other stuff, but, you know, let the ladies go to the, to the uh, restroom first because, you know, us men, we can hold it or we can go behind a tree or behind the porter potty if we have to. You can sneak one real quick. I mean, that's just how it is. So anyway, I get it. Good call, Tony. Definitely appreciate that. Next call, real quick one. Big Vato from the 626 calling in to talk about the interview I did with Mad Max Crosby from Thursday's show. Here's Big Vato from the 626. Yo, Q-Pac, this is Big Vato, 626. Hey, man, I'm here at work. I just want to uh, give you a call, Terry. Thank you for that interview with Mad Max. You know, I've been following him in college, and he's one of my favorite signings, and it was awesome to hear it, man. All right, brother. 
Raider, Raider, Raider. Raider, Raider, Raider. Love to hear that, my man. Thank you for that. Thank you for the love on that interview, man. Mad Max was a really cool dude. Really rooting for him. And uh, again, like just being able to talk to him for 14, 15 minutes just kind of gave you a little bit of insight of what he was thinking. And again, I thought, I thought he was a really good dude. So thank you so much for that call. Definitely appreciate that. Next up, Mike from the Valley Joe calling in to speak on AB and what's going on with the good cop, bad cop routine. Here he is, Mike. From the Valley Joe. Q, what up? This Mike from Vallejo. I was going to ask if you guys thought maybe this good cop, bad cop routine might backfire with somebody with a weird attitude like AB, but apparently it might already have. I just got the update that they planned on suspending them. Now, it could be wrong. You know how the media likes to jump all over everything. But I was just calling to see what y'all think. Y'all have a great day. That's a damn good question, my man, and it looks like maybe it didn't work. You know, the good cop, bad cop, that was something that I've been harping on for the longest, saying that that's exactly what John Gruden and Mike Mayock were doing. Look, Mike Mayock may have just taken control and said, look, John, this is not the situation. You know, when I heard John Gruden speak on, on Thursday, it just sounded like he was talking about, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some research and find out what's going on and get to the bottom of things and everything. It almost sounded like he wasn't too sure, and I think Mike Mayock is onto something. I think that... John Gruden should go ahead and follow in his lead, and whatever Mike says is good, but I know that John Gruden's going to have some pushback because he's a big fan of A.B. We'll see how this all shakes out, but yeah, I don't think that the good cop, bad cop routine really is working too well. I think you're onto something, Mike. Appreciate that call from the Valley Joe. couple more calls from you. Godfather. He's calling in as a brand new caller, which means he's a new booty. Speaking on A.B. and how he feels about him not being there for the team, what that will mean. He also speaks on fantasy football and Vegas fans as well. The Godfather, new caller. Here he is. You, how's it going? First time caller. Gonna be going by the name The Godfather. Just wanna touch base on a few things before the season opener. What, uh, number one, Antonio Brown. As much as that guy is an athlete, and I know uh, we're not supposed to make too much of his whole letter thing, something tells me somewhere down the road he's gonna become a bigger headache. The Raiders are going to have to put up with it and do what they do to make sure that he is happy. Because if he goes for whatever reason, I strongly believe our season is over. Number two, for all my fantasy fans, one thing I will suggest is have Josh Jacobs start on your team. Gruden is a great great offensive mind that will neutralize Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb with the screens, quick outs, Josh Jacobs is going to touch the ball at least 25 times on Monday. And number three, for all my Vegas fans out there, just know that as much as I love that the Raiders are coming to Vegas, we need to make sure that we hold it down because this is the final season in Oakland, and we're all part of Raider Nation. We shouldn't be the Vegas chapter or the Oakland chapter. We're all one nation, and that's Raider Nation. Again, Q, I appreciate the show. You're doing a hell of a job. Listen to you every day. Again, this is the Godfather. I'm out. Appreciate you chiming in. Appreciate you calling in, my man. And uh, please do not make that your last call, 707-654-4693. Put that number in your phone. You know, lock that in. That is the Locked On Raider Podcast voicemail line. Please call in as much as you want. And look, I don't know. I don't know if AB is worth the trouble. I don't really feel like it. If you're listening to segment number one, I don't really think he's worth the trouble. The Raiders are not a team that I feel like is is contending for the AFC West right now. I don't think that they're headed to the Super Bowl. I don't think that they're one player away. You know what I'm saying? And so as much as he's a great player and he can show the young guys the ropes and show them how to really you know, carve their niche out in the, in the league, I mean, is he worth all this issues? I just, I mean, I, I'm sorry, but I just don't think so. I think there could be another young, hungry cat that can come up just like he did. Wherever the Steelers found that young man who was hungry, who wanted to be the best ever, Wherever they found him, someone else, the Raiders can go find another guy. Where the 49ers found Jerry Rice, who wanted to be the, 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 the best from a small school, someone else could find that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm sorry, but just because you're great and, and you worked really hard to get there doesn't mean that you're irreplaceable. I mean, really. 
I know that there's some really good dudes in my field, in the, in the business that I do on, on, on the radio, on ESPN Central Texas. Wherever they came from and wherever I'm from, it's okay. You can find hungry dudes that want to do that role. You might not find them on every tree, but you'll find them on one tree. I tell you all the time, Raider Nation, and I'm not bragging on myself. I'm just telling you the honest truth. You will never find a guy that's going to work harder than me. And I tell everybody that when I walk across them in the hallway. You may be more talented than me, and I don't even believe that, but I tell them that. You might be more talented than me, but you will not outwork me. I promise you that. I'll leave the radio station at midnight and get back at 6. I promise you, you will not outwork me. So that mentality is there in football, too. That mentality is every walk of life. There may be a guy that is more talented. There may be a guy who's hungry. All it takes is hard work. So where you can find A.B., you know what? You can find another A.B. Because before A.B., there was Jerry Rice. Before Jerry Rice, there was Chris Carter. Before Chris Carter, there was Randy Moss. Before Randy Moss, there was T.O. Before T.O., there was Cliff Branch. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, there's always hungry guys out there that want to get it done. You just got to go find them. The Raiders might have a guy right now. Hell, Hunter Renfro might be the next best thing for all I know. Hell, Keelan Doss might be the next best thing. He might be so hungry when he goes to Jacksonville and is on the practice squad, he might be that dude. There's always a guy that is so hungry he won't be denied. Who's that next guy? The Raiders might just say, the hell will they be? And I'm okay with that. Go find that next guy. Just saying, just going to throw that out there. Now, last call of the show, last call of the week is a very, very long one. Most known, unknown. He had to call and vent. He let it rip, and I let it rip too. I let him go ahead and just let it rip. I really don't have too much to say after most known unknowns call because it's really, really good. He's calling about all the shenanigans with A.B., the dust-up with Mike Mayock that's leading to these missing games, the problem, everything that it's causing. Here he is. I don't want to say too much more. Most known unknown. Q, Q, O, Q. Raider Nation. Woo! So, it comes across my... My my feed, I get an alert saying that the Raiders plan to, to suspend Antonio Brown. Then I read that him and Mike Mayock got into it, which is leading to the suspension. This problem can be traced all the way to the top. Let me tell you what I mean by that. You have an owner that because of his lack of forward thinking, he doesn't go out and try to find the next Sean McVay, the next Kyle Shanahan, the next, the next Matt Nagy. He doesn't dip into the college ranks and get a guy who I've covered it for over 10 years like David Shaw. No, he can't forward think. Instead, he goes back in the past and gets John Gruden. Now, I'm not hating on John Gruden. I like John Gruden when it comes to X's and O's, when it comes to play calling, when it comes to the on-the-field stuff. I've never trusted John Gruden when it came to personnel decisions. So you take one of the most impulsive individuals you could possibly find in the coaching ranks, and you give him $100 million, 10 years, and you give him complete and absolute power over darn near everything. What happens? Well, Khalil Mack, of course, and granted, I, I can understand Khalil Mack, but I think another coach gets that done. Uh, and you have a whole litany of, of just nonsense, right? And, and we understand Gruden's vision, but we're still skeptical because we know how he is with personnel. He brings in Mike Mayock. I believe the only reason why the Raiders did not give up a first-round pick for Antonio Brown is because Mike Mayock was at least able to win that battle. Because if you think for a second that Mike Mack was 100% or even 75% on board with bringing uh, uh, Antonio Brown in, you don't know Mike Mack very well. And I'm not claiming to know the man personally, but having sat and listened to him for well over 10 years due to draft and other things, I kind of got the idea that Mike Mack wouldn't deal with a guy like Antonio Brown. So, with that being said, Let's hope, Raider Nation, let us, let us please hope that John Gruden takes this to heart and learns from this experience and heavily, heavily defers to Mike Mayock from here on out when it comes to personnel. Because the Raiders 
Raider Nation, this is just the tip of the iceberg, and we haven't played a game yet. Not one game. That's the problem. So now let me get to Antonio Brown himself. The foot thing, totally understand it. You were working out. You were trying to recuperate. It was a mishap in the crowd chamber. I don't have a single problem with the foot thing. The helmet thing comes through. Okay, you're whining and crying about your helmet. We all took it as him being a big pouty baby, which we didn't like, but we gave him a free pass on that saying, listen, this is what happens when you bring in a guy like Antonio Brown. You should expect it. The GM, Mike Mayock, to the fullest extent possible, without creating a mutiny with his entire locker room, came out and publicly supported Antonio Brown at first, and so did John Gruden. Then after a while, it got ridiculous, and Mike Mayock had to lay down the gauntlet because you can't have these other players when you're trying to set a culture see this going on. Probably what happened in Pittsburgh. Tomlin probably never laid down the gauntlet. Then when Antonio Brown finally comes back and we see that he is getting a helmet deal with his new helmet, everybody said, he probably did this on purpose and calculated it, but we didn't have 100% proof. That was just a very strong speculation. Then here comes the fine, and Amy Trash brought out on Twitter that most of the time teams don't even collect on these fines, but they have to send that letter out as a formality so that they they can reserve their rights because, to my understanding, if they don't send that le official letter out, then they don't reserve the rights to collect on anything. Antonio Brown throws a hissy fit on a fine that they might not even collect on and puts it on social media. Honestly, what I read and what was tweeted out is that was that is what led to the exchange. But I think the bigger and more telling thing is Antonio Brown was arrogant and disrespectful enough to post a picture of him holding his new helmet and saying the most calculated move ever, which basically he's admitting out of his own mouth that he skipped practice and threw his hissy fit just to line his pockets with an endorsement deal. I don't know about y'all, but if I'm Mike Mayock, yo, you could have fried an egg on my head if I'd have saw that. And I think that's what ultimately really led to the fine and the exchange. Antonio Brown is getting what he deserved. I applaud you, Mike Mayock, for laying down the gauntlet, laying down the law, and showing all the rest of the locker room, I don't care who you are, this type of behavior will be not will not be tolerated under this regime. If Bill Belichick was crazy enough to trade for Antonio Brown, he would have probably been suspended early on in the training camp. Mike Mayock did everything he could to extend the olive branch. Mike Mayock, you, sir, deserve a beer. Gruden, you better get your head on straight and listen to this guy. And another thing, Q, this is the crap that pisses me off because – you always say, which I understand, oh, you can't, you gotta ignore the talking heads, don't pay those dudes no mind. But how the hell are we supposed to ignore all these talking heads and all these people who come on every show, uh, anybody who has a TV or a microphone or a Twitter account, how are we supposed to ignore all this crap when the Raiders keep serving them layups? My God, these are alley-oops that John Gruden has pretty much been giving the national media, all the talking heads and all these morons on Twitter with a check mark who think they know something, he's been giving them layups ever since he re-signed with the Raiders. And I'm sick of it. You try to get away from it, but there's so much crap out there, I can't turn my TV on. Or I'm going to have to walk around with horse blinders. Oh, my goodness. Not to mention the morons that want to all of a sudden start texting my phone, people I ain't heard from in, in six or seven months, all of a sudden, want to start blowing my phone up with text messages, voicemails, Marco Polos, and any other type of uh, communication app I got on my phone. I'm tired of it, man. This, I'm, my patience is running really thin with John Gruden. It's running really thin because of his rash personnel decisions that come back to bite us. I'm telling you right now, man, I can't take 10 years of this. I can't take 10 years of this. And Mark Davis is such a kiss-up to him, he'll sit there and take 10 years of it because he's a kiss-up, and he won't want to eat the rest of that contract. Gruden, you skating on thin ice with me, man. You are skating on thin ice with me. You better show up on the field. Great stuff, my man. And I'll, I'll tell you right now, that was a great call. You brought up a lot of good points, but I cannot get on board with Dog, dog and John Gruden just yet. And the reason I say that is because you don't know what he's thinking.
We don't know what he's thinking. I know you're right when it comes to John Gruden and the personnel thing. That's true. You're giving Mike Mayock a ton of credit. I've given him a ton of credit as well. But the one thing that you're not saying, the one thing you're not bringing up, John Gruden made sure that Mike Mayock was hired. John Gruden hired Mike Mayock. It's not like Mark Davis said, you know what, you're going to bring, this is the guy you have to work with. John Gruden hired Mike Mayock. It's not like he's all of a sudden looking at this guy and being like, who the hell is this dude? Where did he come from? Let's get rid of this guy. He is the one who signed off on Mike Mayock and probably suggested him. So you have to give Gruden props on that. He realized that, you know what, personnel is not my forte. But it's Mike Mayock's forte. So you got to give him credit for that. I know you're mad. I know you're angry. I'm upset too. And I don't want John Gruden to have to come down and, and, and make a decision between A.B. and Mike Mayock. Because if that, if that happens, if it comes down to one or the other, he might pick A.B. And then everything you said has been 100% right. But let's not forget, John Gruden made sure that Mike Mayock was a member of that front office. He got rid of Big Reggie. We all knew that when John Gruden took over. And we knew that Big Reggie wasn't going to be long for the team, right? John Gruden brought in his guy. His guy is Mike Mayock. Yes, he's the GM. John Gruden is the guru. He's the dude. I say guru, not saying he's like the end-all, be-all, but he's the guy where everything runs through. So, yeah, you're absolutely right on like 99.9% of your, your, your points, but you also have to give John Gruden credit for saying, I'm going to bring Mike Mayock in because he knows this personnel stuff a lot better than I do. So that's the only thing I'm going to say, the only kind of disagreement I'll give on that part of the conversation. But the rest of your call, all seven minutes, all seven and a half minutes of it, absolutely on point. So thank you so much for that. Uh, most known unknown, you, you you bring the heat, and I love the passion in your voice. And uh, that's just what we do here on the Locked On Raiders podcast. So thank you very much. Appreciate the week. We've had a great week here on the podcast. Downloads have been amazing. It's the first week of the season. Enjoy all the fun and all the games on Sunday. And realize the Raiders don't play till Monday. So we'll talk about the game. I'll break down the game more on Monday. By then, we'll know exactly what's going on with Antonio Brown, I think. We'll know if he's playing. We'll know if he's playing at all with the silver and black. We'll know what's going on. We'll have a better idea of what's going on. So I'll break down offense, defense, special teams, going up against the Broncos, how I think the Raiders could win, how I think they could lose. I'll break down the game in its full extent on Monday. We'll have a lot more calls at that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line and maybe talk about a couple of the games that happened over the weekend. So until then, Raider Nation, as always, enjoy your weekend and just win, baby.